Well, guys, it is Goal Anointing Sunday. I, I know that Pastor John sent a text to all of us during the week and uh, that you would have uh, uh, believing that some people have come prepared. If not, as Pastor Teresa said, the, there's a uh, piece of paper on your seat and you can begin to fill out uh, some goals as we share today. But what Goal Anointing is all about is we're bringing our goals to God and we're committing them to Him. And I, I love what Pastor John shared, that we can write goals in, in seven different areas. He talked about family goals, faith goals, friendship goals, finances, fun, further education and fitness. And I just wanted today, as we bring our goals to God, I wanted to stir our faith. I wanted to stir our faith as we believe God for a phenomenal year. I wanted to lift our eyes to Jesus this morning. And there's no doubt, I don't know about you, but for me and for us, I believe it's been quite a tough few years. It's been filled with challenges. It's been filled with setbacks. We've needed a lot of resilience. And here today, I know there's people in all different categories. Maybe you're sitting here and you are buzzing for the year. You're like, let me at it, baby. I'm ready to go. I've got my eyes set. I'm, I'm, I'm out of the racing blocks. But maybe for others here, you might feel a bit weary, a little bit discouraged. Maybe there's just been so many setbacks. You're like, oh, Dan, I don't even have the strength to believe again. I, I don't know exactly where you are this morning. But today, I actually just uh, wanted to lift our eyes to Jesus because we are, we become a product of our environment. And right now the world is full of fear. Right now the world is shrinking back and we turn the news on and it's bad news after doomsday prediction after bad news. Uh, and there's just so much fear around. And if we listen to that voice, we become uh, a product of our environment. We will shrink back. But here today I wanted to lift our eyes to listen to the voice of Jesus. And Jesus is greater than any pandemic. Jesus is greater than any season we walk through. And now as we hear the voice of Jesus, as we turn into His voice, we can find, we can, our spirit comes alive to believe again. So do we listen to the world that is shrinking back or do we listen to Jesus who's trying to enlarge us and bring hope? Can I encourage you here today? God is a God of hope. <clears throat> I'm not trying to hype you up today, but focus our eyes on Him, the God of hope. If you have Jesus, you have hope in Jesus' name. And today my uh, sermon title is Hope Again. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, Hope Again. Come on, Melbourne East, why don't you COVID safe, give them a bump, say, Hope Again. <clears throat> in fact, this time last year, if I'm really honest with you, I'm, I'm normally the kind of guy in a January, I, I'm ready, I get really excited. I, I, I'm a visionary kind of person, so when it comes to January, I'm usually ready to go. I've got my goals set on the 1st of January. I've got the vision, I've, I've got the fire, the energy, but this time last year, it, it wasn't as so. Ebony and I, uh, normally, you know, we, at the end of 2020, we had a lot of challenges and setbacks that year. And as I came, kind of started to re-engage into 2021, my soul was actually flat. I felt weary. I felt tired. But God began to stir us. He began to stir our faith about a dream He had given us. See, from the moment we made a decision to move to Melbourne, uh, literally the same day, God began to speak to Ebony and I about buying a house in Melbourne. We, we got uh, a dream in our heart from Him. We got promises from God. And, and that moment, a dream entered our heart. 
And this time last year, as I went to write my goals, if I'm honest with you, I was just too weary. I was like, God, I'm not up for that battle. I'm not up for that faith journey of trying to get a house this year. I was wrestling with God, but I felt him clearly say, no, put some goals in place about buying a house. And so we did. And the first half of the half of the year, if I'm honest, not a lot was moving. It was on the goal list. It was we were doing a few things, but I was just weary on the inside. But when it came to July, we had our church 21 days of prayer and fasting, and God just would not stop nagging me about this dream. So I was like, all right, God, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of being 50-50. We're going to uh, fast and pray to hear your voice on this. And so we spent 21 days, we were praying, fasting, saying, God, would you speak to us about this dream? <clears throat> And we got from God the green light. We left that fast going, right, we're convinced that God has called us to buy a house in Melbourne this year. And so from that moment, we began to, our faith began to rise again. Our hope began to rise again as we, we said, all right, God, you've spoken. And even though we may be nervous or scared, we have a word and a promise from you. And so we began to see it. We began to dream. I, I, Ebony is so good at this. I, I noticed her phone background began to become beautiful homes and we, we put it on the vision board and Ebony and I actually sat together and we said, let's list every single promise that God has given us and we put it on a piece of paper. Promise one, two, to Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. I think we had about eight in total. And we began to, even though it was so hard to believe, we began to see the answer to our prayer and we began to speak the promises of God. And, and from that moment, our faith began to rise slowly and slowly and slowly. But not just did we speak it and see it, we began to took action. We organized meeting after meeting. We were meeting with mortgage brokers. We were setting saving goals. We were getting pre-approval. We were going to open homes every Saturday. We were doing our research. It wasn't just that we heard and we got faith, but we started to action it. We took steps. No door was opening, but we kept believing. Fast forward a few months and we were in lockdown. We were locked down and it was one of our harshest lockdowns where we actually weren't even allowed to go to open homes. So we were in full lockdown. The real estate industry basically was on pause and we get an email that just made my heart sink. This email comes through that, hey, we were renting at the time and they said, here's your 60 days notice in the middle of the lockdown. You're going to have to move out. And instantly, I just felt the fear come over me, and I, shra- I was so scared of this. And this made our situation impossible in our eyes. <clears throat> we had just started to believe it. We're like, oh, what's going to happen here? Will God come through? We had a deadline now, right? We had a deadline to move out, and we began to visit open homes like crazy. It was a, it was, the environment was pretty wild. Every house in Melbourne was going up about $10,000 a week. The market was going crazy. We were getting priced out of every suburb that we really wanted to be in. The bank gave us this deadline, said, if you don't go by here, you're going to lose a lot of borrowing power. We, uh, and just everything seemed to go wrong. Then we started getting bills coming in, uh, unexpected financial hits. Everything just hit by hit. A kingdom reversal started happening. I read an email uh, as tears filled my eyes that our mortgage broker had actually got something wrong. And all of a sudden we lost $100,000 of promised equity. We were, uh, sorry, promised um, uh, money we were going to get from the bank. This turned it from a difficult situation into an impossible one. So we pray, God, our deadline's coming. I think we're up to about 30 days until we're moving out. What do you want us to do? 
but God had spoken to us. And so we made a decision. We're going to be a little bit crazy. Come on, who likes a little bit of crazy? We're going to believe God. And so we said, we called a removalist. We said, we don't know where we're moving, people, but pack up our stuff, put it in storage. God's going to come through for us. Remembering at this point, we couldn't even go to an open home. It was crazy. And so we, we ended up being homeless and living with a friend. Uh, our, our stuff got packed up, but we just kept believing God. We made a deadline together. We said, by this date, if God doesn't come through, we're going to have to go and look at rentals again. We had this date. Everything was going wrong. But then about one week out of our deadline, come on, I love it when God does this, He began to move. And, and, and suddenly it wasn't disaster after disaster happening. It was miracle after miracle. All of a sudden, uh, God was providing money. God was making a way. And we visited this house that we just fell in love with. This was probably house number 60 we had looked at. And, and, and it was out of our price range. There was no way. But God put it on our heart. And we just said, you know what? I, we believe this is the house God has for us. And I can't wait to tell you the full story one time. But God did a miracle. And, and out of nowhere, we had unbelievable favor with the agent. We had uh, God speak to people about helping us financially. We had miracles with the mortgage and we signed the the lead, uh, sorry, the property, and we bought it and moved into our miracle home at the end of last year. Thank you, Jesus. All glory to Him. But I just wanted to share this story to encourage you. If you're feeling a bit weary this morning, if you're if you're struggling to hope again, that's okay. Jesus meets us where we are. But as we fix our eyes on Him, as we begin to believe God, it is amazing what He can do. And so I have three thoughts for us here today as we lean into our goal anointing Sunday. All right, number one, I want everyone to say here. Yeah. Melbourne, I want to hear you say here. <laughs> I love the little echo in here. Hear it. Number one, we need to hear it. You and I, we have a decision to make. <clears throat> we can live our life with intentionality or we can live our life by accident. But I believe that God has called us to live life intentionally. We need to work backwards from a vision. We need to work backwards from a dream. We need to work backwards from a, a promise from God. And where do we get this vision from? And this is where I believe we don't want to get the vision from ourselves. We want to get the vision from God. And before we write our goals in 2022, we want to have heard God on some bigger questions. And I'm just going to share them just to open up our, our hearts here. But number one, what, what is the vision that God has given you? What, who does God want you to be in five years? And what is God saying that He wants you to do or focus on this year? It's hard to take steps if we don't know the direction we are heading in. And I believe just like that, it's hard to set goals when we don't know the vision that God has given us. Jesus wants us to follow Him. And we are disciples of Jesus. And by definition, to be a disciple, we are following Christ. We live uh, that He's not just our Savior, but He is our Lord. Our desire is to fulfill His will and not our own. <clears throat> and no one did this better than Jesus. This verse is going to come behind me, John 4, 34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. For Jesus, success is 
obedience. It was what drove him. It's what motivated him. For Jesus, his highest goal, his highest desire, what he focused on most was actually fulfilling the will of him, his father, who sent him. And I just want to encourage us today, let's not let the world brainwash us of its version of success, but let's make our version of success what Jesus showed us by example. We are not of the world, but we are in it. We are not of the world. We are of the kingdom of God. And I just want to share this thought. These three words change my life. Success is obedience. I want everyone to say that after me. Say, success is obedience. <clears throat> For us, that is when we have won, when we have been obedient to God. Every single believer has a calling and a destiny on their life, but very few live it out because it has a price tag attached, and that price tag is obedience. But this is actually good news because when you and I are obedient to God and when we partner with Him, He doesn't just fulfill our dreams, He exceeds our dreams. Life following Christ is not boring. It's not, it is an absolute adventure. And take that from our story of buying a house. It is scary. It requires faith. It is fun. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish in infinitely more than we could ask or think. When we partner with God, He supernaturally partners with us. It's not by our strength. It's not by our might, but it is by the Holy Spirit. And see, when we are following our own will, rather than being obedient to His will, we're doing it out of our own strength. But when we're living for God's vision for our life, we are doing it through the Holy Spirit. And I love this because here today, I wanted to remind us of who is on our side. When we live for Jesus, the Bible says that if God is for us, who can be against us? That Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the highest power and the greatest authority. The Bible says there is nothing too hard for the Lord, that His arm has not lost its power to save, that the things impossible with men are possible with God. See, when you and I are obedient to God, He partners with us and we have the King of all kings fighting for us. We have heaven on our side. Come on, if you're thankful to God, let's give Him some praise. Come on, Melbourne, let's give God some praise. And I don't know about you, but this causes me to dream big. It causes me to dream big. Excuse me. We serve a big God and nothing is possible for Him. You have permission to dream. The things can turn around for you. You do deserve it. You can do it. He is with you. And I don't know about you, but when uh, I hear this, my faith begins to rise. When God gives us a word, it is 100% guaranteed to come to pass. Let's read this in Jeremiah 1 verse 12. Then the Lord said, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. When God gives us a word, it is done. It is in heaven and he's watching over it, ready to perform it. So here today, what are the visions and dreams that God has given you? What does God promise you? What words has God spoken over your life? that he hasn't yet fulfilled. And when it came to our house journey, the dream truly began in a moment from hearing from God. 
So here today, step number one, let's hear from Him. Let's ask Him the bigger questions and make sure we're becoming who He wants us to be. We're dreaming from what God has asked us to do. We're submitting our dreams to Him and saying, God, is this your will? And when we get a yes from Him, that's where the journey begins. Against every goal, we should have a scripture and a promise from God, from Him. Amen? All right, number two, let's say see it and speak it. Come on, Melbourne, see it and speak it. Once we hear from God, now the journey begins. We now have a vision from God, a dream from Him, a promise, but it should be easy from here, right? I don't know about you, but I've found it's like when it's not always as easy as we'd like it to be. God often gives us a dream and a vision, and that's actually when the battle just begins. And that's where I, I know that God moves so powerfully when we have faith. Here today, How big is your God to you? How big is your God? Psalm 78, 41 said this. Yes, again, this is talking about the Israelites. Yet again and again, they tempted God. They limited the Holy One of Israel. This scripture is so hard to believe that the Israelites literally had the power to limit God. They limited Him through their disbelief through their doubt, through their disobedience. They limited the power of God that could move in their life. The future is unlimited. The only thing that will limit it is your faith and my faith. I want to ask today, will you trust God when everything is going wrong? Will you trust God when it takes time for the dream to come to pass? Will you keep believing after setbacks, after setbacks? After a tough few years, will you dare to hope again and dream again? Because our faith leaks. The key here is faith. But the thing I have learned about our faith, it's like a bucket with a hole in the bottom and it leaks. And you and I need to take responsibility for our faith meter and, and begin to build our faith to believe God. But you might be asking, well, how do I do that, Dan? How do I build my faith? I'm glad you asked because I have two practical thoughts here. Number one is to see it. And number two is to speak it. <clears throat> Let's talking about see it. Genesis 13, 14 to 15 is an amazing passage of Scripture with Abraham. <clears throat> After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see. I want everyone to say see. Look as far as you can see in every direction. Look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. I am giving you all this land as far as you can see. Isn't that amazing? It is important to see with my eyes closed what God has promised over my life. It is so important for you and I to see. God cannot give me what I cannot see. I am not talking about what we see with our physical eyes here this morning. But I want to ask you, what do you see when you close your eyes? What do you see when you're trying to sleep at night and and the bad news has come and you close your eyes? What do you see? And what I find so interesting about Abram here is Abram was actually, uh, I asked the question, well, what was the limitation of what God could give Abram? And I actually came to the conclusion, the limitation was what Abram could see. God told him, look as far as you can see. And then he said, I will promise what I can see you. It wasn't the other way around. The limitation of what God would give him was the limitation of what he could see. If I can see it, I can believe it. And if I can believe it, I can have it. 
I love uh, Pastor Phil Pringle. He's the <clears throat> leader of our C3 movement. He's such an amazing man of faith. And I heard on a podcast the other day that he has a reminder on his phone. Uh, the, the vision of C3 Church Global for him is a one million worshippers in C3. That's the vision. That's the dream God's given us as a movement, one million worshippers. And he says that on his phone every day, a few times a day, he'll get a reminder and it says one million worshippers in C3. And Pastor Phil says he closes his eyes. He begins to see it. He begins to speak it out and it builds his faith for the dream. For us here today, as we, we've heard from God, whether it's impossible or not, we need to then be uh, reminded of it regularly. I love what Ebony did. She put a home as her phone background. I, I love the idea of making a vision board of on your goal list, putting pictures there, uh, of getting into the habit of meditating and envisioning the promise fulfilled. <clears throat> Speak it. If our faith leaks, how do we build it? Number one, we see it. But number two, we need to speak it. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is such a powerful principle because what we say, we create. Our words are creating our future. And this is such a powerful thing. We're in the middle of our series, Prophesy, where we are learning to prophesy the words God gives us. What does prophesy mean? To speak, to declare, to proclaim the Word of God. And, and you know, this is like if you have a goal to get a promotion at work or to get a job, and we take a step and it doesn't go well. And on the car ride home, we're going, oh, I'm such a failure. This is never going to work out for me. Why did I even believe God? God's abandoned me. The the problem with this is as we are speaking those things, they are creating our future and that can actually drain our faith. But instead, we can get in that car and say, you know what? God, I feel disappointed. This was challenging, but I remember today your promise. And God, you said that you would supply all my need according to your riches. And as we begin to speak the Word of God, our faith rises and we can have victory. Our faith will rise. The most powerful thing we can speak is the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, as you've written out your goals over in Melbourne, as we've written them out, next to every goal, we should have a promise from God from the Bible. That is when it turns from a goal to a promise. That is when we, we go from relying on ourselves to relying on God. And when I feel discouraged and doubtful, I now have something to stand on. And it is the most immovable, unshakable thing I can stand on on this earth. It is the Word of God. And as you and I build our faith this year, as we dare to hope again, dream again, believe again, as we see the promise, as we speak it, we will find God will move mountains. The impossible will come possible and He will move powerfully in your life. <clears throat> as I said, I've been part of our church for 10 years. Uh, I got saved about two weeks later. I was a youth leader. About one week after that, I was leading a connect group. It was so much fun with Pastor Josh Stott. And I remember the first Friday I went to our youth ministry. So I literally have only been following Jesus about three weeks, right? I walk into the MPZ. We've got about 20 teenagers in the room. And I, I, I stood at the back of that, that little auditorium. And I looked at these 20 teenagers with their hands in worship. And in that moment, I received a vision from God. I, I went home that night. I wrote down the vision. And, I, and I, I remember what I wrote. I said, I see that our youth ministry 
Uh, the amount of people we had tonight will one day be our team and our leaders. And I wrote down this vision that I heard from God that one day I see us outgrowing the MPZ and filling this auditorium with teenagers. I wrote that down as a young man and I began to speak it every Friday night before I go to youth. I ended up being part of our youth ministry for eight years, a youth pastor for seven years. I loved it. But can I tell you what I used to do? I'd personally, I'd speak it out all the time every Friday night, even when I was so discouraged. We had 10 teenagers and two of them got in a fight and this and that, whatever happened. And this parent's complaining me, I'd go home. I remember just going, God, you said we would fill the auditorium with teenagers. I remember every, uh, once a month, all the old youth leaders would uh, tell you this. I'd sit them down and I'd say, everyone, I want you to close your eyes. What do you see with your eyes closed? I said, everyone, close your eyes. And I just began to prophesy. I said, picture this place. Busloads of teenagers coming in every Friday. Altars filled with teenagers giving their life to Christ. And can I tell you, God was faithful. And Pastor Josh, our amazing youth pastor at the time, and then Ebony and I took on the reins. Can I tell you, I remember with joy, we were in this auditorium with over 200 teenagers. We saw 50 of them give their life to Christ that night. Come on, as we see it, as we speak it, God moves. Amen? So what are you speaking over your life? Melbourne East, what are you declaring over your 2022? What do you see when you have your eyes closed? And number three, so we talked about hear it, see and speak it. Number three, we need to action, action it. Everyone say action. One of my heroes, his name is Reinhard Bonnke. He is an old school German who lived in Africa most of his life. And uh, he has a quote I love, and I always try to do the accent, but Ebony says every accent I try ends up a little bit Indian for some reason. Uh, Anyway, he says this. I'm going to try. Jesus, Dave, you're you're a German. I need your help. Jesus doesn't sit with sitters. Jesus doesn't sleep with sleepers. Jesus goes with goers. How good is that? Come on. How's my accent? Melbourne, did I do all right? I'm sorry if I offended you. Jesus goes with goers. Reinhard Bonnke went on to see 79 million people give a decision to Christ, the more than any evangelist in history, because he was a goer. When you and I take a step, oh, God moves with us. Come on, this should excite you. You cannot steer a ship with its anchors in the ground. God cannot steer us unless we are moving. James 2.17 says this, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We can have all the faith in the world. Who can relate to me? January 1, this is the year I'm never going to eat KFC again. I'm never going to eat Maccas. It's the devil. (laughs) Whoa, all right. Got a hater down there. Uh, Every year. And then January, you know, I can have all the faith to do it in the world, but unless I actually put some actions in place, uh, (laughs) I'm going to eat it. And that happens every year. But anyway, we can have all the vision and the faith in the world to get fit. But unless I get my butt out of bed and go to the gym, I'm not going to see much results. I love this because... We cannot achieve a goal unless we move. It's a tension. We have faith to believe God, but we take steps. The Holy Spirit lives on the other side of your boldness. We take a step, God takes a leap. We take a step, 
God takes a leap. Every night we become homeless, God miraculously provides. We took steps in the process. And this is where our goals come in. Goals are not dreams. Okay, we've talked about hearing the vision and the dream from God, but goals, I love what Pastor John said in the video we got sent. They are taking bites uh, towards our dream. We've got to work backwards <clears throat> from the end result. See, we can have outcome-based goals. I want to buy a house. I want to have a great marriage. I want to be fit. I want to uh, be a great man of God. But see, these are great dreams. But what a good goal does, it starts to break that down. We are into a, what I call a process-based goal. Or another great uh, acronym is a SMART goal. It is specific measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. A great example is this. A great smart goal is I'm going to save $100 every week towards my home deposit. I'm going to exercise for 60 minutes, four days a week across 2022. Come on, ladies. I'm going to buy flowers for my wife once a month in 2022. Who wants their husbands to do that? All right. We won't bother then. All right. I'm going to spend, maybe in Melbourne, you may have been a bit more enthusiastic, ladies. Spending 30 minutes with God every morning. See, these are specific. They're measurable. They're process-based. Do you know a scary statistic? It's a bit bad news that 92% of resolutions people set don't last. Let's not be that kind of church where 92% of the goals we write down this year aren't going to happen. <clears throat> but why is that? Well, James Clear, he's a great author, said this, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you will fall to the level of your systems. Another way of wording this is we don't rise to the level of our dreams, but we will fall to the level of our habits and our actions. People who fulfill their dreams and God-given potential and people who don't, they actually have the same goals. James Clear says this, winners and losers have the same goals. So it's not actually putting the goal down that's going to make you and I fulfill all that God has for us this year. It's going to be putting some actions in place. And that's why I love SMART goals. It keeps us accountable to actions, habits, as we take steps for God. See, Ebony and I could have just said, all right, God said He's going to get us a house. All right, we're just going to relax and wait for Him to do it. But we, we didn't do that. We actually started to take steps. We need to save this much. We need to get uh, this by this deadline. We need to do this. We need to get this wisdom there, that wisdom there. We took steps. <clears throat> Big impacts are usually the results of small, consistent, and wise habits. John Maxwell says this, as I invite the band up, please. I can predict the long-term outcome of your success if you show me your daily habits. So as we've written our goals today, friends, in Melbourne. What are we going to do every day that's going to help us achieve the dream God's given us? What are we going to do every week that's going to help us fulfill God's uh, potential He's given us? What are we going to do every month that's going to take big bites of that dream that God's given us here today? I love this thought. It's, Jesus goes with goers. And here today in a moment, we're about to pray over our goals, both here on the Sunshine Coast and also in Melbourne. We're going to bring them to God. But can I encourage you this morning? Jesus goes with goers. I believe you have what it takes to have a phenomenal year. No matter how you're feeling right now, no matter how your 2021 was, no matter what the mistakes you've made over the last month, God is not against you. 
This I know, God is for you. You're going to have a phenomenal year. You can do it. If He is for you, who can be against you? So why don't you just grab your goals and if you wanted to do a bit of final writing on them as we pray. We've talked here this morning, number one, to hear. We want to hear what God is asking us. That's all about obedience. Number two, we then, once we've heard from Him, we want to see it. With our eyes closed, with faith, we see God coming through. With faith, we see the answer to that prayer. Come on, right now I can feel people's faith rising. You see that child in the house of God. You see God providing for you and and cancelling that debt. You can see God using your life in ministry to make a difference for Him. Come on, what do you see with your eyes closed? And, And I see you speaking the promises of God. And number three, we action it. That's where our goals come in. We are going to be people who take steps this year. We're not going to shrink back like the rest of the world, but we're going to lean in and say, I'm a person who's choosing to believe God in Jesus' name. We serve a big God to whom nothing is impossible. I'd love us all just to stand. Also in Melbourne, can you stand?